Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome back into Believe in Miami Heat for another week. Joey Levin joined, as always, by the two-time NBA champ. This time joining us once again from Russia, Norris Cole. Norris, what's up, dude? The champ is here! <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the champ has arrived! <laughs> What's going on, man? Out here in Moscow. Yeah. Weren't you in Moscow last week? Yeah, I was in Moscow, then I was in St. Petersburg, then Tel Aviv, Israel, and then back to Moscow. Last <laughs> game last game in the EuroLeague. Like, Heat Nation, you know, we, we love you. You know we love you, but you guys got to love... That Norris Cole just traveling the world and taking time every week. He's in Russia. He's in Tel Aviv. He's in France. He's taking the time out of his schedule every week to talk to you guys, to give you this, to drop these, these heat gems on you. you Got to love commitment. Got to have commitment to the nation, man. You know what it is? It's culture. Absolutely. That is culture. Man, I like that, man. I like your transition, man. You starting to see the glass half full. A lot <laughs> I like that, Joey. Absolutely. Uh, now, I would say this: we a little. There were, I I caught I caught a little bit of a not so glass half full Norris pre-show. So I'm trying to bring the positivity back out of you because obviously we're coming off. It is Tuesday. It is Wednesday, April seventh. Last night, the Heat lost to. The Grizzlies, not a great game. Before that, four wins in a row. It's been sort of this same up and down thing. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I, I'm, I think my job this episode, Norris, might be to be the positive one to convince you, hey, things are going a lot better than maybe they seem. No, I'm positive. I'm optimistic, but I'm ready to see some consistent play. That's more awesome. consistent play. A hundred percent. And that's definitely something we're going to get into in this episode. Um, But yeah, the consistency has been a huge thing all year. It's such a weird, again, it's a weird season, but eventually you can't blame the season, right? It's eventually the consistently has to get there. The consistency. At some point, the excuses go out the window. Absolutely. So we'll talk about, we're definitely going to talk about that. We'll talk about, Last night's game against the Grizzlies, the things that which things are actually concerning, which things what what positives were there? Because there were some definite positives. Um, but first, let's talk about one of our favorite sponsors on Believe in Miami Heat, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Hey, look, the Masters is here, tournament's gone. Got about 20 more games left in the NBA, but this week, the Masters, everyone's betting on the Masters, and Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You know, I'm really excited about our newest sponsor because, like, when I was growing up, I didn't. I wasn't much of a fishing guy, but I always, I tried and I always felt like I see these people that go out and they, they, they sit on the lake and they, they relax and I need to figure out a way to relax. I'm always trying to figure out ways to relax. 
And I've always thought that maybe fishing is one of those. So that's why I'm so excited about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is a fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. It's a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, which would be perfect for me because, like I said, trying to get into it. And it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use the code HEAT10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. I think where we should start is last episode, Norris, we, Victor Oladipo had not played in a Miami Heat uniform yet. We had, the Heat had just traded for him in Nemanja Bielitsa. I think Bielitsa had only played one game. Uh, Vic has now played three games. The Heat are two and one in the games that he's played in. How do you feel so far after him playing three games about the fit, him jumping right into the starting lineup with Goron coming off the bench and going you know, Vic, which was something we talked about, Vic, Jimmy Butler, Duncan, Trevor Ariza, Bam Adebayo. Well, I expected him to start. I, I really did. I, I expected that to happen. I expected him to start. Um, so far, I mean – the fact that they are, they've won some games with him coming over is good. Obviously, there's still some room to grow, but I believe this is the right fit. I believe this is the right culture for him. I believe he fits into what we're trying to do. Um, I believe he wanted to be here. And anytime a player is where they want to be, I believe you're going to get the best out of them. Yeah, well, in, in particular, defense, right? So this new starting lineup, Norris, since they uh, – over the last three games since Vic entered the starting lineup, the defensive rating 93.3, which I mean, would be among the NBA would be hands down the best, but it's much better than their season, uh, their season average or season defensive rating. So you already see early on the glimpses of what we talked about, which is how though this was already a top 10 defense, but what bringing him in, the, the versatility that it continues to give you defensively as a team. It's pretty, I, I think I felt like game one, that game against the Warriors, that first five or six minutes, I was like, whoa, this is, I know we've been good defensively, but this is, this could be next level. Yeah. Let's, let's not get too over our britches though. With the Warriors, they not, you know, it's not like they're hot stuff this season, but we did see some glimpses of some good defense, but um we need to see more of it. Obviously, the Heat were already good defensively. You know, we just need to keep that consistent and bring that offensive boost. You know, obviously, he makes us a lot more versatile defensively, which we're yeah. going to need that. But this season, <laughs> defense hasn't been much of our problem. Right. Well, actually <laughs> – oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say – I know what you was probably about to say, but I said defense hasn't been our problem. Offense <laughs> – Offensive consistency has been our struggle, and I believe he's going to clear some of that up. But it is good to see that our defense has gotten even better. Yeah, well, absolutely. Other than last night, we'll get to that in a second. Right, uh, right. But it's interesting. It's an interesting um, – the offense with Vic, it's an interesting 
sort of contradiction so far, because if you look at his numbers, you just on face value in the three games that the heat have played with Vic, he's averaging 10 points a game. He's shooting 31% from the field, 14% from three, but the heat have scored at least 112 points in all three games, which is consistency, which has not been something the heat have the heat have been scoring in the hundreds, sometimes in the nineties. That's right. So over these three games, it seems as though things have opened up a little more with Vic, although he personally is struggling to score the ball. So it's, it's a weird dynamic, right? Like, is there a concern at all? Because he wasn't great offensively in Houston. He's still, he's never really totally gotten back offensively. Is, do you think if he doesn't totally get back still what he brings as an attacker, which is what, you know, Pat Riley sort of talked about, that's enough to help get this a little more consistency in the offense. No, you know, you know the quality of player he is. His numbers will get there. His numbers will get there as he gets used to everything, as he continues to work himself back into, you know, playing meaningful basketball games. His numbers will come back because he's he's that caliber of player. That's why they made the trade. They wouldn't have made the trade if he wasn't that caliber of player. So his numbers will get better, but the fact that he's an actual threat, because, you know, some players go through, you know, down years or some point in the season, the numbers are not where they should be, but you know what they can do. So defenses have to respect that. You know, you can't just leave Victor Oladipo open. When he drives to the basket, you definitely need to have some help there. You know, you can't just disrespect mm -hmm. him as if he's an average player. And so just the threat of him being on the court is going to open up things even with his numbers being down. And then when his numbers start to get back to what they normally are, man, I like the Heat's chances. Well, yeah, and, and I think another thing about him, even struggling, even as even struggling statistically, one of the big one of the biggest problems that we've seen all year with the Heat in terms of the consistency is that when Jimmy's not on the floor, the offense sort of tanks. And then especially when Jimmy and Bam are not on the floor together, it's just brutal. Now you have situations where you can sit them both and still have Vic on the floor and you at least have that other guy who can attack and get to the rim and make plays for others and be a threat and get to the free throw line, which you would have, you know, Goron hasn't really been that guy this year. So it's, it's nice to see that it seems like even just through three games, Spo's found more of what his rotations will probably be going forward now that Vic is fully sort of entrenched into that lineup. Absolutely. It will allow you to rest Jimmy. It'll allow you to rest, you know, Bam at times. You know, he's used to being the go-to guy. So whenever Jimmy is not on the floor, it's not going to be culture shock for him to have to take over. That's, that's what he's done in the past. And that's kind of what he wants to do anyway. So you know, to be able to have two guys that can create for themselves, create for others, and be dynamic defenders, you know, him and Jimmy Butler, that's that's a great dynamic right there for a backcourt in the Eastern Conference. I, I'm excited about it, man. And I think that during this during this part of the season, it's going to allow for Jimmy not to be as beat up as much because he's going to be able to take, you know, some of that responsibility, some of that burden off of him as far as making plays. Yeah. And I will say this uh, in terms of offensive, what a, a major positive in terms of offensively for the heat. And this will be a pat on the back for both of us, because this is something 
during the six game losing streak, the most recent losing streak that we talked about that we both wanted to see more of that. We didn't really totally understand where, why it hadn't happened. Fast break and transition points over these last three games, the heat are 10th in the league in fast break points per game on the season. They're 20th. And over these last three games with Vic fifth in the league in points off turnovers, 12th on the season. So immediate boost from, and obviously that is defense turning to offense. They're turning teams over at an outrageous clip right now and getting out and running. So that I think is something that even though it's not Vic scoring, it's something where you see his defensive presence and just the versatility that it brings on the, the entire lineup defensively with, and you got to include Ariza in that too now. Uh, well, that's what Vic is, though. Vic is an athlete. <laughs> yep. There's no better way to show your athleticism than in the open court. So that's just another dynamic that he's going to bring. He he's does he's not a slow playing guy. He's a guy that can get out and be athletic, and his his youthful energy, you know, makes other guys want to run. And you know, like you said, Trevor Ariza, you know, he's part of that defense translating the offense as well. He's going to be able to get stops, and then we're going to be able to get kick-out threes. You know, it's a whole dynamic that's, that I believe is about to happen as they get settled in with these guys after the trade. I, I, see, I, see, I see a good thing coming in the playoffs. I'm not going to want to face the heat in the first round of the playoffs, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know what's interesting? And before we talk about last night's game, I wanted to bring this up to you. I, I've been watching uh, – like, I watch probably too much. I'm con- I watch every team. But I was watching the, the Celtics Sixers last night. Uh, and the Sixers basically destroyed Boston. Uh, and that's sort of been the story of Boston's season this year. They, they have not looked very good. And I understand they have two really good players. But when I, when I watch that team, when I watch the Heat and I see the top of the East, I feel like the East has sort of um, – it, it sort of established itself as there's the – there's Nets, Sixers, Bucks – as the heat start to get this flow together, they're the only other team I see that can crash that party. Once again, the rest of the East, not that they can't do it. It just, they've been so, I I just think that all these other teams, I don't think they have a shot. I think there's those four teams and everybody else right now. I totally agree. Nets, Sixers, Bucks, Miami. Those are, (laughs) unless something drastically happens or surprisingly happens, I believe that's that's the creme de la creme of the East, and I really Thanks. believe I really believe you know if Miami is healthy, I really believe that the Nets are the only team that if everybody plays well, the Nets are the only team that can I believe beat the right now beat the Heat, but they're not healthy, and so <laughs> they're beatable right now too. So you know, it's wide open, but if all teams are healthy and all teams are playing well up to par, the only team I would be really, really concerned about would be, you know, the Nets. Because the Nets they, are, oh yeah. that dynamic, they have that one dynamic where <laughs> if things don't go well, they have individual players that can, <laughs> that can really take it to another level. Yeah. Well, it can be, yeah. And well, we'll see, right. Cause we have Katie is coming back from his injury tonight. Uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, but as of yesterday, they announced Harden is out for at least another 10 days, which is, I'll tell you what, I'm obviously, I would be incredibly concerned about KD because of his injury history. Um, Obviously the Achilles and who knows how 
the recovery from the Achilles is impacting him getting these other injuries. But I will say this, man, James Harden never gets hurt. So him sitting this many games, while it might be them being cautious, James Harden's not the guy who sits. He just doesn't do it. He always plays. Uh, so I would, I'm if, if I'm looking at the Nets, it's almost as concerning because it's so rare to see James Harden miss extended periods of time with injury. It must be real. Like not, it must not be like a, Oh, we're just resting him. Cause we know we're good. Like this is a legit thing because he doesn't miss games. Absolutely. That that's like you said, his track record shows that he's the guy who doesn't miss games. He plays through Nick's, you know, little knickknack, you know, injuries or whatever. So the fact that he's actually sitting out this long, it does say something. Um, and this big three hasn't hardly played together. And so exactly. it, it's definitely going to make things interesting when um when and if they're able to get back together because you, you still need to play together. Chemistry matters, you know, at some point. Yeah, totally. So in terms of chemistry, we'll get back to the heat. So after the last time we spoke, the heat, ended up on a four game win streak, New York, Indiana, Golden State, Cleveland, right? Not New York's actually New York's a legit playoff team this year. They'll be, they will be in the playoffs. Indiana's had tons of injuries. Golden State, like you said, not having a great year, may not even make the playoffs. And then obviously Cleveland's Cleveland. Then last night on Tuesday, give up the heat, give up 124 points to the Grizzlies. Um, And there's a lot of people watching this game that are concerned that if they could, if this can happen against a team like Memphis in terms of they gave up 15, they Memphis went 11 of 15 on corner threes. They made 17 threes total on the year. They're like one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league in terms of percentage and made threes uh, in the season. And Jonas Valanciunas just had his way the entire first half. Um, people are concerned when they look at it, like this is the way the Heat play. You know, uh, you know, uh, ha- hounding the best player, John Morant, doubling that, getting the ball out of his hands, protecting the uh-huh. paint, which they didn't do a great job of, but they normally do. But also you give up threes in that type of defense. Um, Bam said after the game that everyone was just a step slow, and it was bad rotations. Spo said was more like it's, you know, it wasn't really the game plan. We're not going to change anything. Um, you know, it, it, which sounded to me like code for, Hey, Memphis just had one of their best shooting games of the year. Like yeah, there's no, there's no say, panic. You don't, you don't overreact to that. You know I mean? They, they shot the ball abnormally well. They don't normally shoot the ball that well. Um, and there's been a large enough sample size to know that the Heat's defense is a lot better than that. Sometimes in the NBA, you play so many games, and you know teams are gonna have a good night on you. Sometimes just it was just their night. I, so I, I believe Spoh's 100 right. You don't make drastic changes after a game like that. Do you think at some point, like you know, when you play against team, like if you play against a team that's shooting the ball like that in the playoffs, like let's say you're playing against Philly for example, and they're shooting the ball really well because we're just, it's just one of those nights where you're a step slow on your, you know, when you double or you're fronting, maybe you're fronting Embiid, like they tried to front Valanciunas and guys have to help. Do you think there's a point where, you know, 
when a team's crushing you like that and you're a step slow to get to those corner threes, instead of doubling and fronting and having to make so many rotations and double efforts, we just stay home on those on switches and, and, and less trapping and just say, Hey, we are, I mean, we got four great defenders in this lineup. Let's just defend these guys. Well, in the playoffs, there's a series. And so if there is a game like that and it's abnormal, you just say, you know, you take that game sometime. You just say, you know, hey, they beat us. We had a game plan. They beat our game plan this game. Let's go back to the next game and make adjustments. But, you know, maybe during the game, you know, maybe during the game you might try it. But if a team is shooting better than their averages and they're just hot or whatever, I mean, that's just their day. And a lot of a lot of times we say it, man, if they can do that for a whole game or for a whole series, they deserve to win. And so if a team can shoot at that type of percentage for a whole series, four games out of seven, then that just means they deserve to win. But the averages say the way the defense played, the way the Heat play defense, teams are not going to do that, you know, shoot that well. And if they do, like when I played the San Antonio Spurs, they set a record three-pointer, <laughs> three-point uh, makes and percentage on us and hey we just couldn't beat them the way they were shooting threes it just wasn't going to happen like that mm-hmm. and we just ha- we just had to you know just had to ride that wave you know it's funny you say that about the spurs because they did that when i was in charlotte <laughs> they did that uh they did that to us too and I, they actually set a record against us too i think they made like god i don't even know i don't even want to remember because i think we lost by like 60 or something it was some crazy but San Antonio, they just they kind of do that, huh? <laughs> that, that was kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, thing. hey, sometimes you know, sometimes your game plan, you might have the perfect game plan, but always remember, great offense always beats great defense. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's crazy because you know, I, I obviously when I'm watching these games live, I'm also on, I'm trying to get the pulse of where what Heat Nation is thinking and that type of stuff. And you know, everyone was pretty. Um, you know, they were concerned, I guess you could say, obviously, about giving up this many points. But I was watching the game saying, like, Dylan Brooks had 23 points in the third quarter, and the Heat still almost won the game, scored 112 points. I think the, the positive you take away from a game like that is there's going to be games where you have to, like, you mentioned the Nets. You're not going to, you're going to have to score with the Nets. So I think the, score 100, at least 120. Yeah, I'm saying so. The positive is that the offense. You will look at the, the offense played well. Like the defense is what the defense. The defense will be better than what it was last night. But the offense played well. And when you play teams in the playoff, a team like a Nets, which is obviously a much better team than the Grizzlies, I think the takeaway should be that the offense is starting to come together. The defense, like you said, will be what it is. But the offense starting to come together. Absolutely, the cohesion, man. The cohesion on offense. I, I really believe that they're about to start, you know, putting up those, you know, 115, 120-point games. And if they do that, watch out, because they're not going to give up 120 points to most teams. Mm-hmm. Like, m- maybe maybe Philly, for sure, the Nets, but maybe Philly. But other than that, on a consistent basis, you're not going to be scoring 120-plus on, on, on the Heat. That This season has showed they've been consistent to show that that's not what they give up. And I'd be very surprised if they start giving up that many points. Yeah, I'm just waiting for one of these games. Maybe it'll be Thursday. 
Getting yeah. some short, short. Not just one of the ga- not just one of the games. We need we need them to do it for like a week straight where they put up 115, 120. And, and like a blowout. We need to see a blowout. Yes. yes. Like, but Thursdays against so that's what I was gonna say was we talked about the consistency throughout the year, right? Uh I think another big thing about this Memphis loss is this. Like all year for the Heat, it's been win three, win four, lose three, win six, lose five. Like it's been these this game of streaks, right? And mm-hmm. great teams, as you know, don't go on losing streaks. Okay. So now are long losing streaks, even short ones, really great teams. Um, so now the key with the heat is you've got your roster. You got the squad that you're rolling with. Don't lose two in a row, especially at home against the Lakers without LeBron and AD. You got to come out on Thursday. You can't lose. Like, I'm not trying to say like with 20 games left in the season, it's a must win game. But now this is the time where you show like, okay, we, this is what we're not this inconsistent. Maybe we're a top half team. Maybe not. We lost. It was a bad game. Now we come out and assert ourselves because we can be a great team. You got to win that game. Absolutely. These are games where, you know, teams that are shorthanded, these are teams, the good teams consistently win these games. That's just, that's just how it is. There's no question about it. And, you know, obviously, you're not going to panic if they don't win, but you know, these are games that you should win. Teams without two or three of their star players, you know, these are games that you should definitely win. And I think that um, if if the Heat are going to take a step in the right direction as far as consistency is concerned, these are definitely games that you have to lock in on it and take care of business. But real quick, Norris, before we move on, it's time. That's right. Another new sponsor alert. Uh, you know, I've never invested a lot of money in sunglasses. I've bought sunglasses before, but I always end up losing them. I break them. They just, they don't work for my eyes. They're not great. So that's why I'm excited about Canon. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, and they're Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. They also have those uh, blue light glasses on their website, which I have used in the past. And they're great for people like you and me. If you work on podcasts or you just sit in front of your computer all day, they help with headaches. They're great. So I would absolutely suggest those if you haven't tried the blue light sunglasses, the blue light glasses before. Also, obviously, the sunglasses are amazing. So Use the exclusive code CANONCAST at canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's CANONCAST15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, CANON, clearly better. What do Is there anything you could, like, I know it's different now because the, the, the roster is different, but like we've, I guess we, it's almost like a broken record. We talk, we've been talking about this all year, but how, what, what, is there anything out, is there anything other than weird year, COVID year, injuries, all that stuff? I, I don't remember seeing a year like this where so many streaks, where, whether it's winning win streaks or losing streaks. Like there's, it's just constantly like six in a row here, five in a row there, where we, there was one point where we were like, oh, we're back. We won eight in a row. And then they lose six in a row. Like, oh, maybe we're no, not back. I, I can't I, remember. I can't remember either in recent years, but I mean, I don't. 
I'm not going to downplay the COVID situation. I mean, I'm just not. This has not been a – even though they're playing the whole season or whatever, they're still not normal. They're, we were making it look like it's normal, which is good, you know, that we have sports again and everything like that. But we're not going to dismiss what a preseason means. You're not, we're not going to dismiss, you know, with being together, you know, in the preseason, playing preseason games, having practices for young players, having um, – summer league and all of that, you know, you you can't downplay any of that, but it is what it is. And everyone's going through it. You know, it's not just the heat, you know, everyone went through the same thing. So, you know, you just have to, you know, buckle your seatbelt and go for the ride this season and ride it out. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you, and by the way, this Lakers game on Thursday, I'll tell you another reason why it's a, almost a must win. Then they go out to Portland, Phoenix and Denver. <laughs> at, on the road uh that's rough yes that's that's very rough denver looks denver looks like a team that even against the healthy lakers would give them a series right now they're playing out of the out of their minds like they they, they look so good since the aaron gordon trade yeah uh, i'm about to say that that trade that trade fitted them well so far oh my god defensively he's it's it's great it's you know what's amazing it's a it, they they basically traded you know, guys who were role players for them and a protected pick for a guy who is 25 years old and was a top 10 pick and was supposed to be a franchise player. And now he's the third or fourth best player in that starting lineup. It's, it's wild. Their starting lineup is so loaded. It's crazy. Um, That's a tough one. Phoenix is playing great too. Like, and then obviously going to have to play Dame is never easy. So rough stretch. So that's why you got to get this Lakers game. Um, you know, I, I look at the offense and, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable how this works. Right. So before the deadline, we were talking, remember, we talked so much about the heat falling in love with threes and shooting through all the three point shooting and going, playing through Duncan and all this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Since the deadline, Duncan Robinson, man. 55% from three and he's taken nine threes a game. He's averaging 17 a game. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how a week and a half, two weeks can just change everything. Here, here he is, this guy. And by the way, he was only shooting like 38%, which is not terrible, but uh, this is a guy who was almost gone. And now looks like offensively for a team that struggles offensively, one of the most valuable players on the team at the moment. Well, do you, you remember when I told you Spo is not going to panic and he's not all of a sudden going to tell them not to shoot and how he's not going to, like, kill their confidence? Remember I told you that? He's going to mm-hmm. be consistent with what – that's part of it because he – you know, that's what he gets paid to do, man. And when you when you value someone and you trust the work that they're putting in, the law of averages say, you know, they're going to come around. And obviously, you know, he has the security to know that he's going to finish this season, which is – Great for a young player. Um, he's adjusting to the defenses now. You know, the defense has adjusted to him, you know, coming in this year after a big year last year. He's had a half a season to adjust to them. And so, you know, he's making that adjustment. And you have, you know, Vic is going to open up a lot of open shots. You can't load up on Jimmy and Victor and Bam and him. Mm-hmm. You, can't, <laughs> you can't load up on everybody. And I, and I believe that, you know, his confidence – you know, him shooting that well is going to keep a lot of 
it's going to keep a lot of defenses up at night because, you know, with Bam, that dynamic with Bam rolling and being able to initiate offense and Jimmy, it's going to keep a lot of defenses up. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty it's a pretty remarkable turnaround. Uh, and obviously, yeah, the, being knowing that he's has a role in a home helps Tyler playing great, too. Uh, oh, man. It just it, it's interesting. And, and it'll be interesting, too, to see, like, obviously Spo will figure it out because that's Spo. But down the stretch, like how he decides who closes out games, because they there was a stretch where t- I think like ten straight games where Tyler Hero played all twelve minutes of the fourth quarter, or I don't know if it was ten games. There's a bunch of games, and he'd been playing really well. Uh, then you got when if Goron comes once he's back to being Goron, which I think by playoff time I'm hoping he's you know sort of a semblance of what he was. Now you got Vic and Jimmy and Duncan Robinson shooting out of his mind. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a case by case thing or you stick to, you find what, what the best you think the best option is and you go with that. I, I don't know, but I mean, it's a good problem to have, I guess. Yeah. Well, suppose going to do whatever is, you know, in the best interest of the team. And if something has been working, he's going to stick with it. And if he wants to try something, what he'll do is he'll sprinkle it in. You know, so he might take it from 12 minutes down to, you know, hero 12 minutes down to 10 minutes or nine minutes and, you know, put a new face in there just to see how it goes. And if it goes well, you know, he might give him a little more time. You know, one thing about Spo is <laughs> he's going to use this regular season to try everything. You know, he's not going to all of a sudden just do something drastically different and shake up the whole team. And, you know, he's not going to do that. He's going to be consistent try some sprinkling some new things. If it works, he'll keep that in his bag of tricks. But, you know, that's that's the one thing about Spo. He's never going to overreact. And I, and I think that's why they always have a chance, especially with this much talent on their team. He can he can try many different things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one guy who it seems like won't be part of that is Kendrick Nunn. He has not played since he's, – he's basically out of the rotation at this point, which seems – it's like unfortunate because it seemed like he was starting. He finally was starting to get this thing together after struggling at the end of last year. But it looks like it's going to be tough for him to find minutes on this team now. Yeah, it is, and he's going to have to. I knew. I kind of. I kind of figured he was going to be the odd man out. You know, I was hoping not, but I, I kind of figured that. But he just has to remain professional, you know, and and, and keep putting in his work. And um, one thing about a season. You never know when your number is going to be called, and it only takes one special magical moment in the playoffs for you to get that reputation, you know? It only takes one magical But mm-hmm. if you're not ready for it, if you're not ready for it, it won't happen. But if you stay ready, if he continues to play hard and consistent when he does get his chances, he has a bright, bright future ahead of him. Yeah. I, I wonder, you know, like what what it means, because I think – I'm going to try to check it as we're talking about it. I, I, I would think he might be up after this year. So I wonder what that means for him in terms of um, being on the heat. If he doesn't, you know, w- what they find his future to be going forward. Uh, he is. So next year it would be his qualifying. So he'd be basically a restricted free agent this off season. Right. So basically if he, if he can get somebody throw him a big number mm-hmm. and the heat, the heat will have to decide if they want to match or not. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, the good thing for him, just 
on a personal note for himself is he put on, he put enough on tape this year. Absolutely. To show a team like, Hey, I, I can do it. And he, I didn't realize he's already, well, he's 20. So he'll be 26 this off season. So, you know, he's, you know, he's looking to get, but he's still, I mean, it's, I, he's a rook. He's, he's on a, his rookie deal. So, you know, he's looking to, to make some money now because oh, for sure. he, he's, he's, he's playing from behind in terms of the contract situation. Absolutely. He definitely ain't taking no discounts and I would, so I wouldn't blame him, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, that don't throw that, don't throw that age, man. Cause I'm sensitive about that. I, I don't like when people start throwing age around, like guys are old, but they're in their twenties oh, and stuff no, no, like no. that. I, 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 I mean, I wasn't a whole different discussion for me, but I can't stand that when I hear that. Not no, that I, you was doing that, but I just, yeah, I meant it yeah. not from a productive standpoint because he got into the league later. So, you know, it's no, not I get even, it. I get it. I meant it more from a standpoint of, you know, he's already going to be 26 trying to get that first contract really. So I understand. I understand. But I just, I just had to make that point because guys is getting out of control talking about some, you know, guys are older and once they get 26, 27, 28, it's like they want to have a kids league. They want everybody to be college age now in the NBA. And I, you know, I don't like that. And I know it's even to, to that end, it's even wild. Like, we how quickly guys get written off young guys get written off now because they come into the league at 19 right and you you just forget because a 19 year old will be in the league for four years five years you're like oh well he's not a star yet so it's over he's got 22 23 years old <laughs> it's just yeah, that's that's just that, that's ludicrous first of all but they've done it to the older players. They've done it to guys that's 29, 30, 31 years old. They written them off talking about some, oh, well, they're not, you know, this and that. Well, everybody's not going to be a star. <laughs> the best teams have good role players to go along with their stars, you know. <laughs> Everyone's not going to be a star. Mm-hmm. And we need to quit building these young kids up like that's what they're all going to be. The fact of the matter is there's only about 10 real stars in the NBA. <laughs> Honestly, there's only about 10 legit like star stars in the NBA. Like, you know, like best pl- like best player on a championship team. Type. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm being generous, really, but only I agree. About 10 I, I think I think I'm you're I think you're being generous. very, very generous I'm with very that. Very generous. Yeah. So this whole idea of drafting a bunch of young kids, you know, and and taking away the opportunity of veteran guys that's 27, 28, 9, 30 years old. I'm I'm not always for that. But that's another subject, though. That is. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that'll be – that's a good off-season topic. That's a good yeah, off-season I, topic I, for I, sure. Definitely, that bothers me to the utmost. <laughs> um, all right. Well, by, by the way, well, one guy who's getting another shot, to, like this is – that's called a professional transition. One guy who is getting a shot, Dwayne Dedman, the Heat are signing him. Uh, they Because you have to have a, a minimum amount of players by Thursday. So the Heat had one roster spot they had to fill, and obviously they don't really have a backup – well, other than Precious, they don't have a backup five right now. So Dwayne Dedman, who I guess people thought wasn't necessarily going to play this year because he's been rehabbing, but I guess mm-hmm. the Heat think he's healthy enough to come in. I don't know that he'll play a ton, but he's he was a when he was healthy, he, good player, shot blocker, runs the floor, shoots thirty three percent from three as a seven footer. I, mean, I think he could yeah. actually, if he's healthy, I think he could be a, a really nice. Uh, 10 minute a game guy and take because precious just doesn't look ready to have regular minutes yet. 
Well, one thing about it is he's he's not going to be needed to play a big role. He's just going to need to be able to play support minutes. And I believe that um, as he continues to work his way back in shape, obviously you know the Heat are going to make sure that he's in great physical shape. Um, as he continues to work his way in, he'll definitely be able to step in and play two or three minutes here, three, four minutes there. And that's all you're going to really need him for, you know, hopefully. Right. And and it's I think him, it's good to see him getting an opportunity again, though. Shout out to another veteran getting an opportunity again. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I like his skill set better than a lot of these other guys that a lot of names are floated out there. And it could it just and again, it could just be another one of those heat things where no one thought Ariza was going to get done. And on the dirty deadline day, no one thought the old depot deal was coming. And now all of a sudden, Dwayne Dedman, no one even thought he was going to play in the NBA this year. It's just it's the heat just continue to do. They find these guys and it's like, all right, we're not going to just go get the name. We're going to go get the guy that fits us. That's what that's what championship pedigree rosters do. Mm -hmm. That's what Golden State did. That's what we did back when we was winning the championship. That's what the Spurs do all the time. The consistently team, the team that win consistently, that's what they do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we wrap up, oh, actually, before I do this, who is let's get your hashtag cold blooded player of the week for the Miami Heat for this week? Oh, yeah. So this week's cold blooded player of the week goes to my main man, Bam, out of Bayou. He's his consistent play. First of all, he's been consistent and been been our you know the rock of the team all season long. But this this past week, man, he's been very very consistent. He even had a triple double. Um, you know he's he's been our our energy. You know he runs our offense. He secures. Uh, he's the final part of our defense. You know him and Jimmy Butler they do a great job of leading. But bam, is this week's cold blooded player of the week? Keep doing your thing, big fella. They have 18, 10, and 6 on that four-game winning streak and including last night's triple-double. Triple-double. And, again, if you're looking for positives from the Memphis game, and it's been a little more consistent as the season's gone on, but Bam just seemed more assertive to score, and particularly in that mid-range. Keep the mid-range alive. We got to keep the mid-range alive. But think about a guy like Bam – to have any type of range, even if it's 15 feet with his skill set, he becomes an absolute killer. Not that he's not already a killer, but we know like if he can even stretch, bring guys out a little bit further with his jumper, it, it it's crazy. The upside is unbelievable. That's why he's the cold blooded player of the week, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's uh, why he got that and everything. Yes, sir. Um, all right. Last thing I wanted to get your take on this quote from Jimmy Butler. Um, so actually he did two things over the last week or so that I thought were one was awesome was when they went, they were on that losing streak. Mm -hmm. They lost one, two, three, four, five, six on his Instagram. He put out a picture and it just said tough times don't last tough teams do hashtag culture. And then they won four in a row, which is, which is like, there's nothing mother like that's like the ultimate culture right there that's for sure man you you can never give up you can never give up and that's one thing that the heat are never going to do they're never going to give up they're always going to stick with the routine stick with the process stick with the program yep um now there was another quote and it was he didn't it was a uh, interview he did with i'm trying to find the outlet um 
but essentially it was with, it says with ocean drive, which I think is a magazine down here or an outlet down mm-hmm. here or something. Like that. The said, ocean drive. Yep. Uh, he said, talking about the playoffs and, and falling short in the finals. He said, I want to let Miami know that we, this organization want to bring another championship here. When we get there, which we will, we're going to get it done this time. Hey, speaking, speaking into existence, it's important to have that belief. If, if, if you don't have the confidence, no one else will. So, you know, we all know Jimmy's not short on confidence. And we also know that Jimmy's going to put the work in to try his best to back it up. So, you know, that'll be exciting. I remember when we, when we won that championship, how, how crazy Dade County was. And so, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the heat possibly getting back to that, you know, that level. For sure. Yep. Well, you you hit the nail on the head there. We all know how confident Jimmy is. There is no lack <laughs> of confidence in that man right there. And uh and I, I'm excited. I'm with you. I'm pretty excited about the moves that they made. And I, I just watching these, even with the the bad loss to to Memphis, I still see it. I see it coming together. I do. So pretty excited. Um, I think that's it for, for this week. Obviously, everybody appreciates you listening. You know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us those reviews, help us out. It's, it's, uh, it really does go a long way for the podcast. And uh, next week, I won't say the, 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 the name, but I think we might have our first guest episode next week. And it's, it's going to be a fun one, Norris. I think we're planning on trying to have a guest next week, right? Absolutely. A guest that everyone in Heat Nation already knows. Yes. And I think it's, and you know what? I think it's, it's going to be different. I haven't seen him do a ton of interviews. So I think it's going to be fun. And it's, there's going to be a lot of insight into this current Heat roster and Heat basketball that just is a little bit unique that most people won't be able to give. So I think it'll be fun. That's what this show is all about, baby. Insight. Insight to Heat Nation. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Norris, go ahead and take us out, dude. Another episode. Make sure you sign back in with us next week. We're excited. We're going to have a special guest. But until then, peace, love, and happiness. And a lot of wins for Heat Nation. We out! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.